0: And if there's anybody that I know of, player, coach, teacher, student, or anybody that I've ever talked to about hitting, he knows, he knows more about my principles that I believe in hitting than anyone I've ever been with. Thanks, Ted. Thanks for believing in me. I'm Steve Ferroli, and you're listening to the podcast of Ted Williams League Headquarters. Days at the playground, or right out in the street, baseball, make life complete. Na, 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 hey, we've got an exciting podcast for you tonight. This is podcast number nine. I'm Steve Feroli, and we're talking about tonight several different things um, again, I'm going it alone. My um, my college boys are all off in college, and like I said in the last podcast, we're going to round them up. But um, as until then, uh, I'll probably just go about it alone. I wanted to focus a little bit on you know the playoff baseball, you know, Major League playoff baseball, and not so much you know the Astros or the Red Sox or yeah not so much players and scores and things like that, but just in general what I see. Um, I did watch one of the games all the way through. Um, I really wasn't interested enough to watch any of the others more than just a couple of innings, and I'll tell you why. Um, Before I do that, though, let me back up for a second. As a phys ed major, you know, um, when I look at any sport, Um, I'm looking at the game In the presentation of the game What I mean by that is There's professional baseball There's college baseball There's high school baseball There's youth baseball And several different levels of that Now what is the presentation Of the game At all those levels And the reason I'm bringing that up Is because it's, it's a conversation you don't hear that often You know what is professional baseball making of baseball, showing you its version of baseball? Um, and is that good or bad or indifferent? or You know, what? what is that? And we tend to just go, well, that's it. You know, whatever they're doing, that's it. And it's really not accurate because one of my pet peeves in life, not just in sport, is when the business of things... Affects The quality of things Um, (laughs) I probably don't have to talk too much about that I think everyone has run up against that before Where, okay, we gotta make some money So this is all we have to offer Um, Let's go to this Here's why I can't watch the games Why I don't have a lot of interest I'm not a fan at all Not at all Um, And the reason is I can't understand why in the world A professional player would not have a two-strike stroke That, to me, defies everything I've learned about the game Now let me explain to you Because I know a lot of you don't probably understand what I'm talking about You know, the bat is at the plate And he takes a strike And then he fouls one off And now the third strike with two strikes on him is a much more difficult environment for the hitter than the previous two strikes. Now, I'm not going to go into the detail of all that because that's several podcasts, (laughs) but it's true. And anyone that knows the game knows that that's true. It's as true as the fact that a golfer would not take his driver and try to use it on the green. He would, or the driver's swing (laughs) might be better said, because it's not just the club, you know, Um, which is interesting itself, because I've always thought that with the development of of a real good two-strike stroke, that the batter may switch bats when he gets two strikes. I don't see anything wrong with that at all. I've been saying that for years, but that's a story for another time. But what I'm saying, back to the golf analogy, that the golfer, it would be crazy for you to watch golfing and for the golfer to take his driving swing with a driver on the green. Well, that's kind of what's going on. I mean, it's not a perfect analogy, but it's it's kind of what's going on when you're seeing these guys with two strikes on them, swinging normally like they have one strike on them or no strikes on them and it makes no sense at all it also defies what has gone on in baseball history you know the greats had two strike strokes they didn't certainly ted did um they hit differently with two strikes because the pitcher has got your back to the bench now why is this going on uh i'm not sure It could be that it's demanded. (laughs) Now, we'll put that one on for size. What I'm saying, let me be very clear about this. It may be that Major League Baseball is saying, hey, all you teams that are franchises in our thing, our program, our leagues under our umbrella, we don't want any two-strike strokes. We don't want them you know we want the long ball the long ball pays now it could be that sort of thing now we'd never hear about no one's going to tell us that but that could be exactly what's going on now why would that go on well i can tell you one reason they may be in fear that the games would be even longer because with a two-strike stroke i can see that Games maybe a little longer. There'd be more rallies. Now, I'm not sure about that, but I've pondered that because I, I thought about this whole equation. Is it coming down from above, saying we don't want the two-strike stroke? Have them hit the long ball because people love it. It's exciting, and it is, but to me it's not exciting when you lose the game because you've got a little second baseman trying to hit one over the green monster when he shouldn't even be doing that in the first place. He should just... <laughs> you know, he's out of style too Which is another a story for another time But, you know Not only do you have everybody trying to hit home runs But you have everybody trying to hit home runs all the time Now, to me That's somewhat of a, an insult to the fans' intelligence It also, to me, is a watering down of the product um, Is it more important to take a shot at you know, one home run and 12 at-bats where someone happens to get lucky and they, on a two-strike stroke, they blast one? Or is it more important to have got, you know, three hits in those 12 at-bats with a decent two-strike approach and maybe keep a rally alive and maybe win a game? Um, I <laughs> Baseball history has leaned toward the latter, that yes, we're going to shorten up we're gonna we're gonna choke up, we're gonna shorten up, we're gonna push the ball in the middle of the field. This is not this is the norm. What you're seeing is the abnorm. <laughs> and I don't think the fan understands any of this. And uh, you know, I think that's sad. You know, I, I, I have a friend that I worked with years ago at the cinema. Um, and she was really into baseball. And I happened to see her in the last few years and she's still into baseball. And I, you know, does she understand any of this? Probably not. But that's part of the reason why I'm doing it, because I'm sure she goes to games and pays money and, and for what? You know, uh, and, and, and I'm not talking about one team. I'm talking about the whole thing. The whole presentation of it, to me, is subpar. And that's an example of it. Okay? So let, let, me, let me pick out a place in a game. I love Al Tuvi. Love him. And I've talked about him in a lot, of, a lot of different ways because I think he could he could be the next 400 hitter. Uh, I think he's out of style. He has no two-strike stroke. And he's got some swinging and timing flaws that are very obvious to me. And he's a great player. And by all standards today, a fantastic player. Well, I'm watching him, I believe, in Game 1. And Houston's up by one run. I think they're in the, se- the second inning, maybe, if I remember correctly, and, or maybe the first inning, I can't remember now. But it was, he gave him one of game two. He's got the bases loaded, no two-strike stroke. You know? And I'm like, what are you doing? And, and I just wanted to turn the TV up because it just doesn't make sense to me. It, it's not how the game, in general, is played. Um, So... I don't know if you're following in this, if you can understand. Let me explain the difference between a two-strike stroke and a normal stroke. Um, the, The philosophy here is when you have two strikes on you, you can't be as confident about what the pitcher is going to do and how you're going to approach it. And there's more to that, but I'll leave it like that. So you have to be, you have a little bit less in the world of anticipation going for you. You have a lot less. In the world of anticipation going for you And therefore you need a stroke That is more defensive Than offensive Or at least somewhere in the middle Might be better said Um, Are there going to be a lot of home runs with two strikes? Well if you're Alex Rodriguez Or David Ortiz Or the big hurt Yeah (laughs) And Steve Roll is showing you how to do it Yeah you'll hit plenty on your two strike stroke Um, In general no but there were guys that would light it up in a two-strike stroke. And also, they'd have singles and home runs if you follow on me. So it's not, a com- at that level of play, it's not a complete abandoning of the long ball. I don't think I ever hit a two-strike stroke home run in my career. I hit many offense I can tell you that. But I don't think I ever hit one, a home run with two strikes. So it's, it's a shortened up version of hitting. But I'll tell you... Um, I can honestly say to you I was a very, very good two-strike hitter. I worked hard at it. It's a different type of idea. It's the same type of way a, a, a player has to work on his bunting, for example. You have to. It's, a, it's, it's something in your toolbox, and it's got to be there if you're going to be a good ball player. So the two-strike stroke is a shortened version, a defensive stroke, where the hitter can now deal with the difficulty of hitting anything he pretty much sees that's going to cross the strike zone or be close to the strike zone. And the result of having a a stroke like that, which is shorter, more condensed, and very strong and short, is that he can wait longer and make a quick decision and put the ball in play. Now, I'm bringing that up because all I heard about was how we got to put the ball in play. That was one of the philosophies that I was hearing Alex Cora go on and on about. I'm going to put the ball in play. Well, (laughs) all right, so one simple solution to that, starting in spring training, would be to have a two-strike stroke. Now, I'm going to bounce back to to, to the, the, now that having said all that, let's bounce back to the concept of, that it's coming from above Like, okay, well, if we have a two-strike stroke The game's going to drag Well, let's talk about that a little bit Do I think that there may be prolonged rallies? I do But I also think that um, That the tendency would not For counts I don't think counts would go as deep I think that, you know um, uh, That balls would be put into play quickly You know, that That, that the batter would have so much more bat control that like the pitcher that was going to go after him with say I don't know the fourth pitch in the series so you say it was like um one and two and the the pitcher went you know just a little bit off the plate and the batter was like I'm not sure and he goes after it and you put it in play and then it either, it's either a hit or he grounds out or flies out or whatever it's going to be but I think that the batter would contact more balls and therefore get himself out as much as he would get himself safe, or more so would get himself out and get himself safe. And, of course, there's still going to be strikeouts and whatnot. I'm not saying everyone can hold up against Major League Pitching with a two-strike stroke. But I'm not sure whether or not the games would be longer or not. And that's the only thing that I can think of that would... Deter The idea of a major league player Having a two strike stroke in, at, at that level uh, In in the modern game That's the only thing I can think of I might be wrong I don't know I'm not a good professional Baseball businessman I, I, I don't even know how to think The way they do I, I really don't I really don't follow it I, I'd love to Have those I'd love to sit and talk to an owner about what in God's name are you doing? How do you make money? I think I could be very helpful. Say, so, well, how about this? <laughs> you know, I really would like to do that because I think that, I think they're probably missing as many boats as they're getting on. There's always, I mean, look at the money ball whole thing. I mean, that's still going on to some degree. You know, we're not gonna, we're not gonna build it. We're gonna find it, <laughs> you know, for cheap. I'm sure, you know, that's, that's brilliant. You know, I, I get that. Um, not exactly my cup of tea, but I do understand it, especially in a pinch. You know, we need you know, like in the we need a first baseman, so we're gonna, you know, create him in the aggregate <laughs> I always thought that was a great line, but um, so what would the two strike stroke bring us? Um, you know, what would it do for us that we're not seeing right now? Well, not only is it A two strike stroke But it's also a slump buster What I mean by that is If you get in a situation Where Your team is just being shut down You could Go into the two strike stroke And immediately start putting balls in play And force the defense Um, Now I don't think you'd see a lot of that But for Some of the guys that Aren't as Good at the plate, as others, it's a great idea. Ted used to do that when he was in trouble. He just uses two-strike stroke when he, you know, if he went over, for, you know, 15 or something, he would start, okay, I'm just going to try to push the ball in the middle of the field. I'm going to shorten everything up. So that's one thing it would do. It's not just a two-strike stroke. It's also a way of um, combating a very difficult pitching situation against you. Another thing it'll do is it it brings excitement that I think is lacking, and that is especially plays that I feel connect the outfield to the infield plays at third, plays at second, plays to the plate. I think these are what there's not a lot of base runners, not a lot of defense against a home run. You know these plays are now uh, some somewhat removed more from the game than what than they were. Um, It also uh, Would bring back a tweaking A little bit of a maintenance program To the cutoff and relay system Which (laughs) I don't watch a lot But a few times I've watched And I'm saying, what is that? (laughs) You know uh, Guys that aren't backing up bases They're supposed to be um, Poor throws from the outfield With the the cutoff man Can't do his job because the ball's nowhere near him And I'm like, okay So where's this coming from? Well, it's coming from the fact that there aren't as many plays to third or to home or maybe to second as there were years ago and uh, I think this is a loss in the game if you go back to my friend there from high school okay so you don't think she thinks it's exciting a play a play at the plate you know as an outfielder um, I threw out many a play, players at the plate and it, or third and it was a great feeling it's just as exciting for me as a player, as a home run was. Um, I certainly was um, congratulated equally for it. It's it's not an easy thing to do. Uh, I I remember watching old Dwight Evans take out two guys, same game, at third at Fenway. Um, And I'll never forget it. It was absolutely phenomenal. Um, And so I think that there's all sorts of excitement in baseball and to take out the two-strike stroke is to take out a lot of the environment that creates these plays. You know, um, man on first, two outs, two-strike stroke, you have a little punch job that goes a little soft liner between the second and first baseman, the runner's off at the crack of the bat, and now there's a, you know, if if the right fielder was charging, is there a play at third, you know, depending on who the runner is, this sort of stuff. And, um, you know, uh, I think that's, uh, there's less of that going on in the game, especially if everyone has a two strike stroke. You know, and some guys, like I said, with two strikes, they'll, they'll blow a double off the left center field wall. Beautiful. So I, I think there's some action that's, some defensive action. That is taken away from it as well. It's not just offensive. It's you know you need to look at it from both sides, and you know let's say a team brings in that killer closer, and let's let's say you know you have someone um, that's comparable to someone like Betts or uh, Altuve at the plate, and that guy's on the mound, and all of a sudden they go in their two strike stroke. Well, let me tell you something. That catcher and pitcher, their whole mentality is going to change real quickly. And be like, okay, this is this isn't good. They're going to get, they're probably going to hit this ball. They're going to put the bat on the ball. So it it's a way of um. You having the the battery reconsider what they're looking at depending on who you are, you know. Uh, and I purposely earlier in this podcast used Rodriguez and uh, the Big Hurt and. Ortiz, as examples because none of them had two strike strokes. Now if you have them, not that I remember anyway, you have them at the plate and they're in they get in a two strike stroke and they're decent at it, you got yourself you got yourself you got yourself a problem if you're pitching to one of those guys. Because, you know, not only can they hit it, they'll still put it out of the park on you and they're going to hit the ball. You know, in a two strike stroke, your chances of making contact are much better. Than without one, so I wanted to point that, make the point that it's offensive and defensive action will be added to the game, and I think that's worth it for a little bit longer of a game, if that's what ends up happening. And I'm, I can't even say that would be true. I, I, I really, I can't prove that out. I don't. I can't. I can't see the stats on it. I do think that guys will put the ball and play more. Whether or not uh, that speeds up or slows the game down, I'm not sure. It would depend on the defense, I suppose. So another thing that's missing is what I call style. You know, um, and we if we bounce back to El Tuve, or we jump over to Mookie Betts, you know, who we had in Boston for a long time, obviously. My thing is, is that. Everyone is not a home run hitter, just like no, everyone is not a point guard or a center. And this is something that's not defined well. We've heard all this all our lives in baseball. You know, he's a singles hitter, he's a power hitter, he's a opposite field hitter, he's a hit-it-and-fly guy, you know, this sort of conversation. But no one has really done a good job of locking that in, and that's something that a place where I followed up on Ted's work and thought I did a fantastic job. As a matter of fact, it's one of the places where me and Ted banged heads. And I'll tell you what I mean by that. Ted would say, your style is your own. And he made it sound as though style was technique. And I disagree. I disagreed hard with him on that. We used to go around and I said, no, 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 no. Style is the direction of your technique. You know, I mean, a point guard and a center... They dribble the ball in a similar way, (laughs) but just the point guard is moving way faster, and he's way quicker with his dribbles. The center still pushes the ball to the floor, and it comes back up. (laughs) You know, I mean, the, the way they do it is similar, but where they're using it in the game and how they're using it in the game, the way it's directed, the way their tool is used is different. And that's what creates their position. Well, we don't really talk about positions in the lineup that well. We all know that there are different positions, but we don't talk about them that well. Today, it's like everybody's a mash man. And they're not. They're not a mash man. You know, Everybody's going to knock the wall down, hit it over the fence. And what I'm saying is, while everybody can, which may not have been true in 1950 or 60, there might have been guys who... You know, couldn't put it out of the yard. You know, I hard, I find that hard to believe. I, I would think that pretty much every professional baseball player could hit a home run on a given day. But you know, somebody's going to hit ten and somebody's going to hit forty. Well, you know, there's there's some differences there. You know, there's a difference between you know uh, uh, the little second baseman and the power hitting right fielder. I mean. It, it, it's it's part of baseball. It's part of what makes baseball fun. I think it would be even more fun if we could do a better job defining that. So let's go back to Altuve and Mookie Betts and J.D. Martinez. Now, with well, the three of them, I like Martinez the best. I think he's closer to his style. I think he's got more in the can. I think there's more he could do that he does not realize. But that's But I think... He's on a pretty good route and he made major changes. I don't know what he did years ago I don't again I'm no fan but I do I read the whole Sports Illustrated run there when they were talking about things that as far as I'm concerned Ted was talking about in the 70s you know <laughs> you know lifting the ball you know and getting the ball up in the air with exit velocity it's like really <laughs> I don't even want to get going it's just like it's like making. Something trying to talk about something new that's really as old as a dinosaur and hitting, and it's like it's like this new thing. And you know, I mean, it gives the, you know, the trajectory and, and the, you know, the, the speed the ball leaves the pocket. I mean, it's again back to money, money ball, you know, it's fun for the fans, but you know, that's nothing new, as a matter of fact. What is new is understanding how to do that which Ted, again, was saying years ago, and I feel like I did a nice job supporting that. I think, you know, if Ted was on a... If there was another microphone here, he would tell you that what Feroli represented to me was he explained a lot of what I was saying better than I did. And I and I, and I appreciate appreciated that. You know, as a matter of fact, many, there were several times where he said that I taught it better than he did, and I don't... I would never hear of that. I was more like... You know, you're my teacher. You're my in in hitting. You are my father, and um, I I don't ever think of myself as being better than you in any way. Now, do I know that I can get it across and do it in a certain way? Uh, you know, uh, uh, tighten it up, maybe say a little bit better. Yeah, I do know that. I I I I wasn't a great hitter in the major leagues. I was a fazed major in college. <laughs> you know, I we have different backgrounds. You know, uh, Ted Fish, I'm more of a musician um, <laughs> with different people. Um, but I do know that I was able to to add on to, add on to uh, his theory. And um, style is one of those places. So if we go to Al Tuvi and, and, and um, Mookie Betts, my opinion is they would be better off being what I call middlemen. Hitting the ball... In the gap, hard in the gaps, they'll still hit their share of home runs, but not pulling the ball, hitting the ball on purpose, more to the middle of the field, and then adapting a two-strike stroke. And the reason I say this is because they still will hit home runs, but they'll be on base way more, and they will score way more runs for their team. And this is what style in the two-strike stroke brings to hitting that is missing. Um, do the hitters know some more about hitting? Yes, they do. They we just talked about with that whole Sports Illustrated article or whatever it was. You know, they've learned to swing slightly up. You can't find a guy swinging down today, and that was the big thing in the '80s for any of the, any of you that suffered through it. I said it was something. Ted said it put hitting back 25 years. I said it was something that looked like something that Mo would do to torture Larry. That's what I felt about the, the, the Chali Lau-Walt-Heriniak approach. It's gone from the game. Well, there's a reason for that, and the reason is it doesn't make sense. Now, and I think that I did have something to do with this by weighing in with um, maybe um, some more details that were not in the science of hitting. And I think that I was helpful in the comeback of this great theory. I'll give it a five on a one to ten because the things that I'm talking about here, these two things, are major parts of that, and they're missing. Style and the two-strike stroke are, 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 are certainly parts of the science of hitting, and they're not oh, that that theory. The, the you know the slight upswing and and they're not they're not in the game. They they're they, we've got one type of hitter, a power hitter, with no two-strike stroke. Okay, so back to and I apologize to this. I... I tend to forget all the time I have put into this and I get going on it and I just ramble thinking that you are following me and I'm not always sure that you are. But um, back to uh, Altuve and and, um, and Mookie Betts. I do think if they were more in style, they would be more helpful to the team because they would be on base and more apt to score runs. In a different style than what they are doing You know, they're set up as Pull hitter, you know, as power hitters basically And um, if they were to Maybe hit the ball more to the middle of the field And use their God-given speed uh, They would be better off for their team And they would hit the ball much more So what do I mean by that? I mean maybe they would hit on an average 25 points higher um, Without with little of a dent in their their slugging percentage, with a lot more runs scored, that sort of approach, I think is what would that sort of result is what I think would come of it. Now Martinez, Martinez, he, you know, um, and I don't know him, so you know, part of this, I have to would have to, you know, when you're setting someone's style, you know, I can look at Mookie and see can he flies, and I'll he can fly, you know, and you. You can see that, you know the physical makeup and what they can and cannot do. Now, Martinez, I'm not really, I, I can see what he can do physically. I don't know him personally because that's part of it. You know how smart of a guy he is. He seems very intellectual because he's studying everything he does and videotaping and all that stuff. So he's into it big time and made some major changes at that level of play, which is commendable in itself. But I would kind of look at him as a power power middleman or a power opposite field hitter. And I suppose that might be a good selection of his style. I think he's in the right direction. He might be selling himself a little short. He might be able to turn the corner better than he thinks he can. Um, he, there's some mechanical things that are off there, but for what he's trying to do, he does a really good job of it. You know, there's no question about it, you know. Um, but I think that he's maybe selling himself short on turning the corner, you know, to the pull side more often than what he may uh, think he can. <laughs> that's probably the best way to say it. And again, with a two-strike stroke, he would have a little bit more confidence before two strikes. And that's another point that I want to make. If, you are, if you've got a good two-strike stroke, your pitch selection and your timing... Uh, of the first two pitches will probably be a lot better, or it can be if you wanted to, because you're not so worried about getting two strikes on you. So I hope this is making sense to you. Uh, it, it it certainly is a part of the game that um, is an irritation to me. I think it's a watering down of the game. And you would think, you know, for all the money that these players make and for the, the that the organizations make, they would be putting out something that's uh you know, makes more sense. And um I think a two strike stroke and hitting in style. And there are other styles, you know, there's there is a power pole hitter. There is what I call a middleman. There's a hitter what I call a singles hitter. And um, you know, I'll give you an example. I you know, someone like Rod Carew, to me, would be what I would call a single-sitter. Now, this these are styles that I set that were in line with the Ted Williams theory of hitting, and this is, these are things that Ted did not do, but I said, well, if you set styles, then you're going to get people using the theory in a way that makes sense for their body. You're going to have guards playing guard and centers playing center and forwards playing forward, or pick any sport you want and just kind of so you can get the idea that, that the lineup has an offensive, has offensive roles that are that are not defined well in baseball. Um, so style and two-strike stroke are definitely things that are missing. Another thing that's missing, although I was very encouraged, at one point, remember when the one of the players, something was wrong with his ankle or whatever, and Houston was going to bring in a, the, uh, uh, the reliever, and he wasn't warmed up at all. So we went into like this 15-minute, you know, <laughs> like warm-up. And, and I understand, you know, this is a racehorse, and, uh, and just we're going to wait till he's ready. Um, that strikes me as odd that it would take all that time, but it did. And, um, but during that time, they showed an over-the-camera shot of two of the Red Sox players timing their stride. And I was really happy to see that because if you do not understand stride timing, in my opinion, you're a fool. And you don't see that. Usually on deck, the guy's whipping the bat around like he's, you know, some sort of an aerobics in an aerobics class rather than thinking about where he is going to be, where his balance is going to be in relation to the flight of the ball. Well, Ted was a master at that. These guys are just starting to get... A tint of that. They don't. They don't get it. And there's three levels of timing. That's just the first, in my opinion. So that was refreshing to see. And I talked about in a blog. I was did a blog. I had started this blog, and it's too much work. I said, you know, I got. I got better things. I can't do this. You know. I mean, maybe I'd kick it up in a smaller version. But I had done this blog a few years back. Started it up, and I was talking about how. Dennis Eckersley was like, man, where's all this power coming from? And that's coming from understanding the contact point, which is unbroken wrist contact, like swinging an axe into a tree. Major League Baseball has finally got that down. It took them 30 years or so. I mean, some guys always knew it, but in general, they did not understand the contact point. Well, <laughs> if you don't understand the contact point, you don't understand hitting. So that, that's how odd... That level of play can be And the other thing that I notice Is that they understand what I call the stretch position Now I'm really pleased about that Because I had never heard anyone say it before Until I nailed it And not. In, this includes my teacher It was not He explained it a little bit But he did not he, he said the hips are ahead of the hands In the science of hitting And he was a master at it as, a, you know, I watched a guy in an old, old film named Pip way back, back in the Ruth era. And he was in the stretch position. I said, look at that. Wow, look at that right there. Ruth was in it too, you know. This is way, way back. I don't even know what year it is, but Ruth was still skinny. So back, back. And, um, but the stretch position is basically the order in which the lower body and the upper body are talked through the swing. And it has to be done correctly. Well, while Ted did it, and he did kind of talk about it in science hitting, he didn't explain how to do it. And that's something that I nailed back in 1986 in Disciple of a Master. Um, I'll tell you the story about uh, Brady Anderson and Todd Benzinger sometime. And um, it, that's something they know. The stretch position, you know. I mean, Devas gets in it, you know. Uh, it, pretty much everybody on TV gets in it Well that could be traced back to Disciple of a Master That is not in the science of hitting I don't know anyone that had ever said it Or ever documented it Other than myself And I'm happy to see that It would be nice if they mentioned my name now and then Or Ted's name for that matter But they don't And that's fine But um, uh, So this is what Eckersley was seeing He was seeing a full body swing With the correct contact point So, if we add on a nice two-strike stroke and some style, we're going to have a better presentation of the game. And let me say this, just to summarize this whole thing, because I want to get off it because it irritates me. I don't don't know if you can hear it in my voice, but because what irritates me about it is, if that presentation is supposed to be the best, then be the best. Don't, you know, do your job, so to speak. In, 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 In whose job this is, that's where it gets a little fuzzy. I'd have to put it on Major League Baseball itself, but I don't again there's the part I don't understand you know what do the what does does Detroit have to do in regard to the commissioner's office? you know what what, what are the rules does the commissioner call up and say, "Hey, look, this is the deal. this is what's going to happen, and you can be sure that in baseball history there are situations like that where you know the commissioner's office is calling the shots. To all the franchises, there's no question about it. But, you know, we'll never know the memo, so to speak. But my problem is whether it's the teams, whether it's the management, whether it's a combination of all of it, it's not as good as it could be. That is a fact. That is, there's no question in my mind. Go back to my golf analogy. So next time you're watching the game, you know, think to yourself, okay, you know, we're down by two, we're in the seventh inning, and the bases are loaded, and here's this 250 hitter, and he's one ball, two strikes, and he isn't shortened up. And here's another thing I'm, I'm going to throw out to you. I also, my buddy had the game on the radio, and I wasn't really watching the game a lot, but I walked by, I was, heard the radio playing, and the announcer was criticizing what he called a really ugly half type swing. And I wondered, I didn't know the count, yeah, you, know, uh, you know, then whatever happened, the, the guy put the ball in place, so I'll, I'll never know the count. But I wondered whether or not that guy was attempting a two-strike stroke and whether it was being criticized by the announcer. And if so, why does the announcer not understand contact in a two-strike stroke? Or is he being told, if you see anything shortened up, you know, put it down. Yeah, if you follow him, you know, you know, like push it, you know, put a spin on it, push it in the other direction. It's not good for baseball. Um, it just really, I don't know why an announcer would say that. Maybe he does. Maybe he doesn't understand. But a two-strike stroke does look very deliberate. Um, I'll tell you way back when I remember. I, I can remember the player too. His name was Johnny Gomes, and this is back when hitting did not understand the unbroken wrist position. We're going back. Oh, God, it's got to be almost 20 years now when they were... Just did not understand how to contact the ball. This is guys that can write a check for your neighborhood. And they're rolling their wrist, and they don't understand the contact point. And therefore, you know, if you don't understand the contact point, everything you've done before it, from your stance then forward, is a waste of time. So, I was watching this game, and, you know, again, I I haven't been a fan because... Why would I watch people that don't understand execution when it's my life? It doesn't interest me. And I saw Johnny Gomes very deliberately hit a ball with very obvious, what I call obvious arms. You know, where he just very deliberately pushed into the ball to assure the correct contact point. And I said, oh, look at that. And that was, I thought, very, very interesting. He hit the ball like a a big giant game of Peppa on purpose, and he hit it good. And I said, "Oh, look at that! That's a good sign." Because I hadn't seen it. I had to be flicking and whipping the bat a million miles an hour, and not coming up with anything. And I saw Johnny Gomes do that, and I said, "Okay, that's a good thing." And sure enough, now, fifteen years, whatever it's been, I don't I don't know the dates of these games that I happened just happened to watch it, and go, well, look at that, that's pretty, that's encouraging, but, um, and now, all these years later, is everyone, you just, you watch the contact point, and they're all hitting that ball squared up, solid with their arms, you know, you can see the bat, you know, get the, the slow, the, you know, the fantastic HD slow motion, you can see the bat, you know, kind of wavering, there's so much pressure at contact, it's really interesting to watch, you know um how the you know the bat responds to the the ball hitting it you know at the center of percussion or not at the center of percussion which we could translate into meaning the sweet spot here um but anyway those are some things for you to think about and uh and I'm going to kind of get off that at this point but I I I would be very discouraged if in fact there was a a stalling or a or a um you know debunking of the two strike stroke coming from the top right through all the all the organizations, all the franchises. That would really be sad. And it could be, we'll never know. I mean they're not gonna tell us, that's for sure. But it doesn't make sense to me. And you know, the next time you're at a game and the game's on the line, if that if that batter doesn't look like he's doing something smaller you know, if he's if he's still shooting from the three point line when he really should be in the you know somewhere in the middle of the key, that'd be give you an idea how short it would be, much shorter, at least inside the foul line. You know, then I don't know, you getting your money's worth? I say no. Let me go to another subject here, just for fun too. Um That was a rant, huh? So be it. Um. I wanted to talk a little bit about my college coach, Fred Brown, who I was able to see take off for breakfast this week, and I'm thinking of doing an old Ted Williams camp podcast. You know, uh, if any of the guys will be still speaking to me, <laughs> because I I know they love Major League Baseball, but I think better said is they love baseball. And if, you know, if someone is going to keep an eye on a system and, and make logical comments about it, then so be it. That's, that's, you know, that that's what it is. I love baseball. I don't love any particular level of it. I love the game. I, I, in my case, it would be children's baseball without question, you know. But we're talking about doing a podcast possibly with Coach Brown, and he's in a an assisted living facility down the Cape, and um, he has another uh, resident in the facility that was a junior counselor. So I'm thinking of doing an on-the-road podcast and talking about the old Ted Williams camp, which would be really fun. So keep that in mind. And I'm going to have to make sure that the Ted Williams camp alumni page is aware of that. What else do we got here? Um, my AA2 division, I'll tell you, I, I can't say enough about them. So I got a, a group on the field in the fall here of you know, a team, give or take, of 13-, 14-, 15-year-old kids. And um, they're just really into it. And um, two of them, they're so into it that I was able to move into what I would call more like um, college or professional drills with them. I'm like, oh, well, try this. And I was reluctant when I said, oh, this is going to be a nightmare. And um, But they did a fantastic job of them. One of the boys, I'm sorry, two of the boys in particular... This drill really helped them, helped them. I call it the drag drill, and it basically puts pressure on their swing for the proper rotation of the lower body pulling the upper body through. It it purposely weighs that in such a way where they can really get a feel of it and they can drive their swing with their legs and the hip rotation. And boy, didn't it pay off, you know. I would have to say two or three of the boys did remarkably well from that drill. And I'm just proud of them because, you know, I don't know how much time you put in with teenagers, but sometimes it's just hard to get them to listen to you. And, you know, these boys be like, well, I want to stay here all day. You know, maybe I'll call their bluff one of these times and say, okay, we're staying here all day. We're ordering off a pizza. (laughs) I don't don't know if they exactly know who they're talking to all the time, but, uh, um it it's just really impressive and really fun to see that and to into um to see that enthusiasm about I me. And they're just not hitting they're doing everything all defense all throwing uh everything well we're working on everything but the hitting part of it, which is the most difficult they really uh are taking it and 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 working at it and I'm really proud of that it makes me very happy um Let's see what else did I want to talk to you guys about. Hmm Oh, I wanted to mention too, that we the Ted Williams League, uh, and I think I mentioned this in the last podcast, also has a shop. So if you go to our website, and I'll, I'll give you the ways of getting there, you can get there. you know, tedwilliamscamp.com, uh Ted Williams uh, Baseball League dot com, uh, Ted Williams, Steve dot com, all those will get you there, uh, and there's a shop page, you know, we're rebuilding our website after all these years, and one of the things we've done is we've created a shop page, and there's all those products on the shop page benefit the league, so that might be something that you want to take a look at, because um, this is a lot, and it it doesn't pay a lot. It's it, There's a lot to be done. And, you know, it's, you know, I, 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 I said to somebody, I can't tell you how much money over the years I've taken from the camp, which is what I own, and the league is, you know, just a, a you know, a non-profit, you know, similar to Little League or Babe Ruth, and yeah, how much money I've taken from the camp and just Given it to the league because we needed this and we needed that and we whatever we needed because it was, I was so excited about the league and still am. I mean the Ted I will say, you know, despite all these conversations about hitting and we just scratching the surface to give me an idea in this podcast. But the Ted Williams League is the work of my life. You know, I mean, I put all this hitting stuff on hold with Ted for the league because it was to me it made no sense to talk about hitting. If a boy is in the wrong dimensions with the wrong equipment, you know, five million kids are doing it wrong, you know, if they can't execute it correctly because of the environment they're in, then I certainly don't want to talk about how to execute it correctly. <laughs> you know, I don't think so. So the league will always be the center of my heart. And um, if you buy something from the shop, it all goes to the league. I hope you have enjoyed... This podcast of Ted Williams League headquarters. Please visit our website, Ted Williams Baseball League, and email us for any comments or questions you'd like to address in this podcast. Hey, I'm Steve Furley from Hanson, Massachusetts. Get a good pitch to head. I call on you to spark up all my fun. Days at the playground. Right out in the street Baseball